This is the Intego Mac Podcast. The voice of Mac security. For Thursday, September 9th, 2021. This week's Intego Mac Podcast security headlines include Apple does a 180 on its CSAM child protection program. Ireland has fined WhatsApp for breaking European Union rules about data storage. Who's next? Samsung is starting to publicly guarantee automatic security updates as countries like Germany mandate them. And Intego has some excellent security news to crow about. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm doing very well. I'm excited that we know about the next Apple event. Aren't you excited? We've been speculating. We we knew we were going to get something sometime in September, but we just didn't have a date, and so we were kind of like, "Oh my gosh, is something going to happen like the week that I'm out of town for a conference presentation?" And oh, what are we going to do? So we've been trying to figure this out and work out all sorts of contingency plans and things. So at least now we know the date of the Apple event. Now we don't necessarily know the date when things are going to be released yet. We won't know that until next Tuesday after the Apple event. Exactly, Tuesday, September 14 at the usual time, 10 a.m. California time. If previous years are an indication, they'll probably start shipping things Friday. The the Friday after the event, but you never know. We expect to see new iPhones, new Apple Watch, possibly new iPads. I kind of think that the new Macs will come a little bit later, sometime in October, because we are supposed to see a new MacBook Pro, a larger MacBook Pro, a larger iMac. Now I, we're not going to spend a lot of time doing this because there are many, many other podcasts that will do this. But it's customary for people to analyze the Apple event image that they send along with it. The announcement, and all that they show is this like glowing Apple logo on a backdrop that looks very much like a macOS desktop picture. And so, although we kind of assume that based on the timing that this is going to be focused on the iPhone and iOS and maybe WatchOS and the new watch. It kind of looks like they might be talking about the Mac too. I don't know. I don't think this is going to be a Mac only event. I wouldn't expect that because the the way they've been doing this in recent years, it's the amount of time it takes for the event. It's the way it rolls out. Now that it's pre filmed, they don't have to, to to wait for applause. They they have a lot to cover, even if it's just the phone. And the Apple Watch and perhaps some new iPads—they have a lot to cover because they will be doing a, a, a recap of what's new in iOS 15 at a minimum. It makes a lot more sense for them to do a separate Mac event. We'll find out next week. We'll talk about it on next week's episode. Before we get into today's topics, I just want to mention something. Michael K. Williams died a couple of days ago. He played Omar Little on The Wire, one of the most outstanding characters in television in recent years, in my opinion, and. And after I heard this, I went to rewatch a couple of episodes, and I put on the first two episodes of The Wire. Now, if you don't know the series, and Josh doesn't know the series actually, the reason it's called The Wire is because one of the main plot points is that they're surveilling people, they're listening in on them, and they're tracking them, and all this. And this was made in the first season was made in 2002, and the technology they're using is so archaic. All these drug dealers were using pagers. They would get out of cars and go to these boxes on the walls where they would put coins in to talk to people in different places. And the cops, the first hardware equipment they get for 
for for recording these conversations are little reel-to-reel Nagra tape decks. And it just crossed my mind how different a show like that would be today where all the drug dealers are using encrypted messaging. You can't clone a phone. No one has pagers anymore. You can't like te- get a telephoto photo of the number that shows up on a pager. And it's a, it's a show that presents a technology that's less than 20 years old, but it seems like it's 100 years old. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. I, I have started recently watching Mr. Robot because that was another series that everyone says I should be watching or should have watched. And so I've seen the first few episodes of it. And it is interesting to see how technology has changed a lot, even since the beginning of both of those two shows. I think they've actually done a pretty good job of understanding overall broad ideas of what sorts of technologies there are. And they talk about encryption a lot, and they actually do a fairly good job of of talking about those sort of things on Mr. Robot. When we were talking about this before we started recording, our producer pointed out that one of the interesting plot points is how these two characters are driving up and down the East Coast to buy burner phones, like five or 10 phones every time they get to a service station, because the serial numbers were sequential in all these phones when they were delivered. So the police could actually find the serial numbers and connect them with the SIM cards or something. So they would have to go and pay cash for all these burner phones. And it's like, things have changed so much. In any case, if you don't know The Wire, I strongly recommend it. It's a bit violent, but it's very honest. We have some malware for the Mac. Yes, yes. This is something that actually Intego has known about for a long time. There have been many variations of ad load which is, of course, some Mac adware. And just in the last few weeks, it's it's really sort of come up in the news. There have been a lot of press mentions of this. And so I thought it would be worth reviewing what AdLoad is. And so I wrote an article about this for the Mac security blog and explained a little bit about how AdLoad is spreading this is yet another one of those things that spreads via a fake Flash Player installer. Can you believe that that's still going on? Here we are in September 2021, and at the beginning of this year, Flash support was dropped. The very well, technically, I think December 31st, 2020, was going to be the last date that Adobe would ever release an update for Flash Player. And now here we are, like we're getting close to a year later. And the malware makers are still making fake Flash players, and that's how they're distributing malware. I'll have to pay attention to the wire and see if there are any Flash player downloads, (laughs) any place to try and trick people. Basically, they're not using computers except for the police, so it wasn't a thing. But yeah, Flash player is that old. Yeah, so this is yet another one of those things where you may click on a a result in a search query that redirects you somewhere that ultimately takes you to something that says you need to update Flash, and then you download this thing. And if you're not careful and you don't know better and you install this, you're actually installing malware on your Mac. Intego has been protecting against this ad load malware for a long time, and the latest variants are no exception to that. We'll catch them. As long as you've got uh, Intego Virus Barrier installed and and you've got it automatically updating, you will not have any problem with this malware. We'll 
clean it and prevent it from infecting your Mac in the first place. Okay, we want to just brag for a minute because Intego got a 100% detection rating in AV Comparative's 2021 independent testing. Yeah, that's right. Another little little bit of uh, self-promotional um, pat ourselves on the back news. So every year, AV Comparatives, as well as some other companies, do these roundups where they they do... Um, a, a deep analysis. They get a whole bunch of malware samples and they test, you know, several products to see how well they do against uh, common malware. And we got a 100% detection rating for all of the Mac malware that they tested. There were 538 recent Mac samples and they said 500 prevalent Windows uh, malware samples, and we detected 100% of those total of 1,038 samples between Mac and Windows malware. So Intego products are definitely going to protect you from, from Mac malware. If you want to know any more details about that, we have an article again on the Mac security blog where you can read all the specifics. Okay, we spent an episode a few weeks ago talking about Apple's planned child sexual abuse material detection system. There was a lot of criticism. We've talked about this. The EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, made a lot of comments about it. Other privacy advocates, Edward Snowden, was extremely vocal about this, that basically Apple could be searching for anything in your iPhone. Apple has announced that they're delaying this system, and... They haven't announced that they've canceled it, which I wouldn't expect them to do, but they're saying, based on feedback from customers, advocacy groups, researchers, and others, we have decided to take additional time over the coming months to collect input and make improvements before releasing these critically important child safety features. But why didn't they do that first? Why didn't they spend time talking to advocacy groups, researchers, and others? Maybe not customers. They don't want to present something like that to average users. But they should have spent more time before releasing something that's this this controversial. They should they should have known it was going to be this controversial. Well, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, and I guess this is one of those situations where they Apple felt like they had communicated with a you know a handful of people that all seemed to be in agreement, and so they just didn't really know what they were going to be stepping in. I guess at least that's what the what the reports say. So. You know, th this is definitely one of those situations where um, Apple didn't read the room well, I think. They didn't really know their community as well as they thought they did. So, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a delay, and we don't know exactly what that means. Are, are they really reworking things, or are they just kind of delaying it, and maybe they'll end up ultimately releasing basically the same thing that they already announced, but just when the pressure is not quite so strong against them? Yeah, we'll have to see. Some news came out that WhatsApp messages were not end-to-end -end encrypted. And this was based on a story from ProPublica. And everyone started talking about this, can't trust WhatsApp, your messages aren't encrypted. But then Facebook pointed out that it was based on a misunderstanding. And I find this an interesting misunderstanding. Yes. Okay. So the basic premise here is that ProPublica was saying that they made some interesting claims. And they uh, initially reported that WhatsApp messages were just not into an encrypted period. And uh, that was what the headlines all said. And so this is very scary sounding, obviously, if, if you assume that WhatsApp is a an encrypted messaging platform, and it's therefore end-to-end -end encrypted. So what it turns out 
according to Facebook, what the reality is, is that if you report an interaction, so if somebody sends you a message via WhatsApp that violates the WhatsApp terms of service, you can report it to WhatsApp and then obviously WhatsApp moderators are going to get a copy of that message. This was already a known feature. The one thing that really came out of this that is new information is that the four preceding messages from that same chat conversation, that, so when, when a message gets reported, the four previous messages in that conversation also get included in that report. So that is some new information and something that people should really be aware of. Because let's say, for example, that maybe you get into uh, an argument with somebody and you decide to report them for something that they said to you. Um, but maybe four messages ago, you shared a bank account number or a password or they shared it with you. Now that means that a moderator is going to have that information. Uh, now, obviously, the purpose of this is so they can have a little bit of context when they're doing this moderation work, but it should make you feel a little bit uneasy that they're getting other messages that may not necessarily have to do with that context, especially for a platform where you assume everything is always into and encrypted with no exceptions. Okay, last week we talked about Russia fining some social media companies, I think WhatsApp and Facebook and Twitter, something like that. And you were pointing out that the Chinese would try to ban the companies and Russia just finds them to collect money. Well, Ireland has fined WhatsApp for flouting EU data rules. And they say it's a record fine, 225 million euros. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's about 266 million US dollars, roughly. That's, that's certainly a lot of money. Now, the idea behind this, the reason for the fine in this case was something different. Um, they say in this case, um, non-users of WhatsApp may have had their messages forwarded to WhatsApp users. So if they were using um, other apps and somebody had decided to use WhatsApp as their default messenger then those text messages may have been forwarded to WhatsApp users. So in those cases, the person sending the message um, got you know no information about that transaction, about those their messages getting sent into this WhatsApp uh, network, and they weren't able to get any information out of WhatsApp, which was required by the General Data Protection Regulation (GDPR) in the EU. Um, this is some general privacy regulation for the European Union. And you're required to give people information about what data of theirs is held by the company. And they couldn't really do that in this case, or they chose not to, or they just didn't have something implemented. In any case, um, Ireland decided, well, you're violating GDPR in this area, and so therefore we're going to fine you. Okay, before the break, one more thing. We've talked about some secure email providers recently. I'll put a link in the show notes to the episode where we discussed this and to the article on the Intego Max Security blog. ProtonMail, which is which was one of the most secure email services based in Switzerland, they were required to give the IP address of a French activist after an order from the Swiss authorities. So the French police could not require Proton Mail to log this IP address, but they got the Swiss police to require it. Now, 
from what I understand, they don't log IP addresses normally, but when they got this warrant, they had to turn on logging for this user to find their IP address. Yeah, this is kind of a curious story, and it's interesting how many hoops they had to jump through. But ultimately, French authorities were able to obtain the IP address of this ProtonMail user just by working with the Swiss authorities. And ProtonMail, of course, is based in Switzerland, and so that's why that uh, interaction played out that way. So this is kind of interesting. So ProtonMail does not log IP addresses by default. They say that, but they do have the ability to log an IP address if they're requested to. And specifically, if the Swiss authorities tell them that they must do this. So that's worth noting, because that might be of interest to you. If uh, if you want an additional layer of security, of course, you can use a VPN. Um, we um, have Intego Privacy Protection, which is a VPN that you can use on the Mac. And there are a lot of other VPNs out there as well. Make sure you're using one, ideally, that does not log because, uh, again, that sort of defeats the purpose. If someone were using a VPN that logged their IP address to get to their ProtonMail, then there would have just been one more step that uh, the French authorities would have had to, to then contact the VPN provider to get that person's IP address. But in this case, they didn't, weren't using a VPN, evidently, they uh, and probably were not using Tor or something like that either because the French authorities got that person's IP address. So, good to know. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about updates. Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users since 1997, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected in 2021. Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection. Net Barrier for powerful inbound and outbound firewall security. Personal Backup will keep your important files safe from ransomware. And much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Big Sur and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. When you're ready to buy... Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get a special discount by using the link in this episode's show notes at podcast.intego.com. That's podcast.intego.com. And click on this episode to find the special discount link exclusively for Intego Mac Podcast listeners. Intego, world-class protection and utility software for Mac users, made by the Mac security experts. Okay, before we get to updates, I just want to ask, could you buy me a present, Josh? What, what kind of present are you looking for, Kirk? I'd, I'd really like to have one of these OMG cables. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember we talked about those, gosh, back in like 2019, I think, was when they were being developed. Yeah, OMG cables are now available for sale. Um, if you don't remember what an OMG cable is, <laughs> uh, O.MG is, uh, is how it's stylized. This is a cable that you can use to inject commands and inject code and things into a computer that it's connected to. So this OMG cable that's now being sold is a USB-C to lightning cable. And this cable looks exactly like an Apple cable. 
And it has um, some interesting additional features built in that you wouldn't think you could fit inside of a cable, but it actually has a hidden keylogger and it uh, it creates this hidden wireless network that a, a local attacker can connect to and they can capture everything that you type from uh, from a distance of up to a mile away, apparently. It looks like they've worked on improving this technology a bit, um, but the clever thing about this is that all of this is happening inside of a cable. So all you have to do is attach this USB-C end of the cable to your Mac, and then now somebody can capture keystrokes. Um, that's pretty crazy. I'd love to try that. Okay, we want to talk about updates today because there's an interesting story that Germany wants phone makers to offer security updates for seven years. And we were calculating the current iOS 14 works, I believe, on an iPhone 6S and iOS 15 will as well. So that's about seven years. And Apple has been always very good about providing these security updates for the current operating system. In this case, it's the current operating system that continues to work. It's different for older operating systems. And we're used to, on the Android side, only having a few years of updates available. And we looked into this. So for many Android phones for a while, you'd get one year or two year security updates. Samsung is touting the fact that they are offering four years of security updates now for selected devices, not every device, but still a lot of Samsung devices and pretty much everything after 2019. So they're calling it a minimum of four years and they're talking about updates that are monthly, quarterly, and biannual. I looked up on the Android One website. Now, Android One is a version of Android that is not encumbered by any software from manufacturers. And they talk about giving security updates for at least three years. What, what's interesting is Apple never says how long they're going to give security updates because they don't have to. And so many of these other companies do have to mention it. Now, we got to talking about Chromebooks and you found a document on Google Chrome Enterprise website, which lists the date at which certain Chromebooks will no longer get automatic updates. And some of them here go to like 2029. I was surprised to find that a Chromebook that I bought in 2016 will continue getting updates until next year. So that will have been six years. But again, Apple doesn't ever have to say this. And all these other companies do. Yeah, well, it's... This is something that I think the companies that manufacture hardware have, they've never really officially had any sort of obligation to let people know when they're going to not release updates anymore. Now, I, that may be different. Maybe in certain countries, they may have laws that are more specific about that. But somehow Apple's always been able to get around this. They've never really announced whenever they're releasing any new hardware of any kind, whether it's a phone or a computer, they don't say you're going to get updates until at least this date. And it's just been sort of like, you know, kind of Apple's tradition to release updates for roughly like five years or so from from the date that uh, a piece of hardware comes out, that they'll be able to run the current version of the operating system. Um, and, and that number of years has has shifted a little bit. Um, it's been getting a little bit longer. And as, as you said, when we were just looking this up, the iPhone 6S by the time that iOS 15, which will run on the 6S, assuming that iOS 16 comes out in a year and drops support for the 6S, which I, I think is very likely, 
um, that will still be seven years from the date that that phone model first came out. Um, that's actually pretty good, especially when you're comparing it to all these Android phones that are bragging about four years. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that's pointed out in this Engadget article that we'll link to in the show notes is that over 40% of Android users are running 9.0 Pi or earlier. 9.0 was released in 2018. So they're running a three-year-old operating system. I think Android is pretty much annual updates for the Mm -hmm. the main Android operating system. So 40% of users are running a three-year-old operating system or older. That's really bad. It, it is really bad. It's really dangerous. And it's not just dangerous because of the, the minor security risks, but it's dangerous because it means that the whole pool of phones is liable to be infected. It means that people are more likely to want to create malware because they know there's a big target out there. Exactly. Yeah. That means there's tons and tons of vulnerabilities on all of these devices, all those 40% of devices that are years old and are never going to get patched. So yeah, it's, it's really easy to, it much easier, I would say, if, if you're looking to infect as many devices as you possibly can, it's much easier to infect a whole bunch of Android devices than it's ever going to be to infect a bunch of iPhones, right? Um, specifically for this reason. Now, we should say, just as a, as a little side note here, that we've talked about the Checkmate vulnerability before, which applies to the iPhone X and iPhone 8 and all older models of iPhone, which makes it possible for those devices to get exploited if you have local physical access to them. So it's a little bit different, but it, you know, it is something to be aware of. Even though you're still getting operating system updates, if somebody gets possession of your device, they could still hack into it uh, and give it back to you at, you know, in a compromised state. So that's something to to be aware of. But it's it's a far cry from having operating systems that are super out of date where somebody could potentially send you a file or send you a link and exploit your device. I use Facebook sparingly, but there is a local Facebook group for the town next to which I live. And a couple of times a week, people post, I just found this phone. Any idea? I found this here. Any idea who this might belong to? Now, you may not know this, but on an iPhone, if you invoke Siri, so press and hold the power button or the the touch ID button or whatever and say, who does this phone belong to? Siri will tell you. It's based on the me contact card that you set up. I don't know if this is the case in Android, but if someone does find a phone like that and they might have the means to crack it or they might sell it to someone who has the means to crack it, take it to a phone shop who, you know, there might be a, a network of phone shops who take old phones that people have found and pass them on. And it, you'd be surprised how much data you could get off a phone if, if that happens. You could get credit card numbers and passwords. Who does this phone belong to? I believe this iPhone belongs to the Josh Meister. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But yeah, so we're we're not too concerned about these updates for ourselves, but we're certainly concerned about updates for others. I think it's a good thing that, that a big country like Germany is going to impose something like this. This will force other companies to react. Apple's probably just sitting back, you know, with a nice cold beer watching this happen, thinking we're cool. We don't have to worry about it. But it's true that the other companies, they have to struggle to get this done. And again... People tend to keep Android phones for a long time, which is which is actually surprising because iPhones will last longer physically than a lot of Android phones, yet 
a lot of people have cheap Android phones that they keep for a long time. Okay, well, that's enough for today. I'm looking forward to next Tuesday. I'm going to be in front of my computer taking notes. I'm sure you're going to be doing the same thing. Yep. Next Wednesday, we'll be able to talk about all the new things that Josh is going to buy. And until <laughs> next week, Josh, stay secure. All right, stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com.